HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, it's March 21st, 2017. Tonight's show is about beer label art, the Spring Beer Art Show. Uh, we've got some uh, great designers here and uh, talented individuals who've been part of that growing movement to put good art on beer cans and labels. And, and that we're going to talk about that on the show tonight. Big shout out to our sponsor, Beer Sessions Radio's Union Beer Distributors, supplier of world-class ales and lagers. And you can just check us out on Instagram and Twitter at beer underscore sessions. We're here on heritageradionetwork.org. Check us out. If you're not a member, become a member. So here we go. we got some special folk. I'm going to start with um, the reason we're doing the show today. Our good buddy, Ann V. Riley, who's made a name for herself on Instagram as at uh, NYC Craft Beer. Ann, welcome yes. to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. And uh, you, you've been a good friend. You, you know, you're in the world of design. Yes, but, that's my you know, background, actually. A, a while ago, you got more interested in, in beer art and labels. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, and you've got a show going on at Jimmy's Dome 43 that, that we're going to talk about. But you're the instigator, and <laughs> you're why we're here. And I can't talk for anything. <laughs> and, you know, a couple of designers in the room. you got Daniel Birch, who's hey. a... Grab the mic, Daniel. Done a hey. lot of designs uh, for Barrier, Cousette, and also Jimmy's number 43. Yeah, yeah. and uh, all, all the, um, actually, uh, Hell's Kitchen labels and ton, tons of stuff, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So he's a, he's a, a designer who's really working on labels. And uh, also, Libby, how, how are you? I'm doing Give well. Us, tell Thanks. us who you are. I'm Libby Vanderplug. Um, I'm an illustrator and a designer. I've known Jimmy for many years now. Um, worked on some cookbooks uh, related to some of the things he does, and an old friend of ours, Mutually. And I have done some label design for Green Boy Beer. Great. And, uh, th- you know, there's a new brewer, uh, Bruno from uh, Bruno Dotti from Iconic NYC. We've only met recently. I know you've been, you've been opening Long Island City for about a year, and you're also going to talk about uh, the process of, of 
you know, getting labels together as a new brewery. How are you, Bruno? Doing very well. Thank you for having me, Jimmy. Good, man. You could tell last week it was the, it was the big snowstorm. <laughs> I can hardly talk, but uh, it doesn't matter because it's all about you guys. And, and our good buddy, Robert Cheryl Moss. Hey, hey, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on. And great, man. And you, you, you know, you, you've had your podcast. You've been in beer for a while, but now you're also here representing... Uh, Covenhoven, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you've been buying there for, what, a year now? About a year now, yeah. A little bit more than a year. Yeah. Uh, we're coming up on our third anniversary, so the first thing that I did was our second anniversary. Great. Covenhoven out, out in Brooklyn. Uh, congratulations, man. So Thanks. You know, when I think about beer labels, um, you know, it used to be like you get a Rheingold, you get a Rolling Rock in the old days, and it's more or less like it's a label, it never changes. It's What is it like for, for art-wise, and is that what considered like that's a font or right. a logo? Like, yeah, they would use their logo primarily without a lot of color, um, primarily their logo colors and their logo itself and not a lot of art around it. And now... You know, you have different breweries where every beer has a completely different look, and the only thing that's similar is the logo. And, you know, for you guys, what were some of the classic, you know, beer labels or logos that that you guys would would mention? I mean, I just said (laughs) Rheingold, but... I don't know that I was so drawn to some of the classics. I think my... This is Libby speaking. I was really excited when I saw labels like Especially Prairie, um, and I was like, whoa, that can be a beer label. I would love to do a beer label. And uh, definitely inspired by stuff like that. Yeah, uh, like the, the first first labels that really got me interested were uh, were the Ralph Stedman uh, ones uh, for... Um, flying. Uh, f- f- flying Dog. Dog, yeah. Like, I, I wasn't into beer really that much, uh, but I was a huge Ralph Steadman fan. I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy all these because... <laughs> so I guess nobody's really that inspired by the, any classic... <laughs> uh, you know, there's like Duval, Chanel. Hey, we, we, yeah. we just okay. came from rock and roll. Yeah. Actually, I love the Didol, uh bottles as well. Mm-hmm. I was super inspired by the little yeasty man mm-hmm. on the Didol labels. And like so, Delirium, and the, they're well-known yeah. for their, I, I guess, iconography more mm-hmm. than anything. So, I mean, I feel like that's sort of classic. It's pretty yeah. classic. And for, for you, Bruno, you, you opened up Iconic, what, a year ago. What did you look to when you were, you have logo, you have labels. You know, what was that process like for you? Let's get started on that. Uh, hey, Jimmy. Uh, it was a long and uh, tedious process. Uh, we we had a few different design ideas. Uh, we're lucky we found a, a great artist uh, from DWS Printing. His name is uh, Benjamin Owens. And he worked with us. Uh, it took us a few drafts to get what we wanted, but he uh, he came up with an excellent design. Uh, what's unique about this is that he uh, he actually hand drew the entire label uh, first, and so uh, it's not something that's done very often nowadays. But it's something that was unique to represent our story. Uh, iconic is myself and my two best friends growing up. Uh, we met on the playground as children, and as you can see in the middle of our label, uh, it's a map of the streets of Queens where we grew up in Astoria. Uh, Northern Boulevard cuts right through the, the label, and that's where our brewery is. Mm. We're awesome. currently two blocks away from where we met as children. <laughs> you know, Robert, when you're buying now at, at Covenhoven, yeah. does label ever play into whether you're going to buy a bottle of beer or a can of beer or not? You know, a lot of times I don't get to see the label before it arrives. There are occasions where it does happen. In a, like, for, exa- uh, for instance, KCBC just released their... Uh, their labels for their uh, for their new robot fish and they look fantastic and uh, that, that that would be another mm-hmm. uh, design group and that I would say is doing <laughs> a really yeah. good job yeah. uh, with their label designs uh, but no label design doesn't really have that much of an impact on uh, the kind of uh, on, on the purchasing decision but it does have 
an impact, at least at Kovenhoven, uh, for placement. Uh, I want things to look good together. Um, I want it to look like a work of art. Uh, for example, I, I, kn- I didn't know that about the iconic label, and that's really cool. Uh, and what I, uh, what I really love about those is those go really, really well next to uh, the transmitter labels. Um, yeah. And I like to keep those, I like to keep similar d- designs together. I like to keep similar fonts together. Right, similar colorways. Exactly. And they're both local beers, they're both out of Queens. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. All those things relate to each other for sure. Transmitter, they've been great friends to us, uh, Rob and Anthony, and they, although they have a similar bottle and they do uh, farmhouse sales, we all have our own unique uh, signature taste yeah. and design signature. ideas. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're not the same brand. But, um, so, and like, th- some of the... You know, labels. You're working mostly with what New York City and New York City yes. area breweries. Yeah, like, um, this project we put together, we <laughs> kiddingly called it the Wall of Foam too, <laughs> for other reasons. Um, but yeah, like we we focused e- exclusively on New York City breweries. Um, and there's still so many out there that we'd love to get in that aren't in yet. But uh, yeah, phase one, we got a handful of people. And then phase two, a few more. And phase three, I think was probably the largest. So that you've, we've had you've so created far. An, an exhibit of. Pure yes. label art, and it's mm-hmm. hanging at Jimmy's number 43. Exactly. It, it's a sampling. Um, and I tried to, uh, every single brewery I worked with was exceptionally helpful in getting me the files I needed and the file types. And initially I had asked a few of them, I said, you know, let me know your favorites. They're like, no, 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 you figure out what you want to put on there, and that's great. So Dan had a comment. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I was just... I, I didn't have anything. <laughs> so you did though, because you, you have one of the best. So yeah. you know, you talk about early labels. So w- <laughs> what's changed is that there's the canning lines, and it seems like the breweries are knocking out a different label every week. But Dan, when you first started, it was you made some custom uh, limited bottle labels for uh, some barrier bottles. Yeah, right? I, I, uh, I I I hounded barrier for like. I don't know, like six months, seven months, some, something like that. Like I would go to a lot of barrier events uh, that that uh, Mike Discarfino was at and and stuff. And uh, I was like, whatever you guys need, like whatever, like a poster, I don't care. Like I just want to do something for you guys because like the the only cool labels that they had at the time were the ones that that Squigs did, like uh, the. Um, Justin Squiggs Robinson. Yeah, r- who's really, actually, he's actually the Broadway.com uh, illustrator. Still, still love his Morticia label more than mine, um, <laughs> and. and like I, I just like I did labels for Hell's Kitchen, and then Mike was like, "Oh, Hot sauce. Hot you, sauce. you you d- you do labels?" Uh, I'm like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> so so we did uh, Axela after that. That was like the that was the first first uh, barrier label, and uh, and then as beautiful the, chemistry the money after that. Label. One yeah, of my, yeah, that that was like uh, one of my favorite labels is Daddy Warbix because it is <laughs> Mike Discarfino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that is Mike Discarfino. I get that question all the time. It is him. Yeah. And, so uh, you, you, as an artist, you've given your own, you know, your own particular flavor to yeah. the labels. Mm-hmm. And then, and for, and for you, Libby, I mean, you've made some labels for Greenpoint Beer. I've made one to be Only quite one. honest, but I'm very proud of the one that I've done. I mean, not too proud, I hope. But uh, yeah, uh, I worked with Josh Whitehead, who's an amazing uh, art director and does the art direction for Greenpoint Beer. Um, so he came to me, kind of had, um, kind of had the concept, and um, we had a real professional meeting about it. And um, then I delivered him. What you see on the can, which is this crazy scene. It was, it was actually their um, their first canning run. They did two beers. I'm having a little trouble remembering what the other beer was. Turbulence. Thank <laughs> <Yes>. you. <laughs> Turbulence. So I did the can for Instant Credibility, which is um, it's double IPA, and I wrote down the hops. Simcoe, Mosaic, and Galaxy Hops. Um, <laughs> so we wanted the can to kind of like have this... Um, 
premiere event sort of feeling on it because it was their first canning run. So you see on the can, there's like a... I don't know if it's Greenpoint Brewery or something similar, but there's some weird conversion that happens in the middle of the artwork where all these people are lined up to go into the brewery, and then something crazy happens in the brewery, and you go out the back door, and you are an animal hybrid creature. Yeah, but there's also a bit of whimsy in that somebody is actually walking an alligator Yeah, before they go into the brewery. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know... you. I don't. I don't judge people based on what kind of exotics they might have. I haven't been staying up late looking at at the can. Off, but Bruno, uh, we're drinking your beer. What beer is this? This is our pecan porter. Can I can I get a top off too? Oh, yeah. I think I just got a keg of this at Jimmy's number forty three too. Yes, we'll be drinking this later this evening. It's pretty nice. Let's get the mic on him. So, yep. t- just give us a quick. You know, what is this beer? So it's pecan porter. Pecan porter. Uh, this is our most sessionable beer to date. Uh, 6.0%. It's hand-toasted pecans uh, in small batches, ground up and added to the mash, and then uh, American ale yeast to finish off the fermentation. But you didn't ask me about my nut allergy before you said (laughs) it. Oh, uh, we call it pecan porter. Hopefully it's an alert to everyone. (laughs) Robert, what do you think of this? This is a nice beer. It's it's actually, based on the name, I thought it was going to be like, Jammier or like you know sweeter or something. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it finishes off really dry. Uh, it's got you, you definitely get the pecan uh, note uh, in it. Uh, like it's it's delicious. When I say nut and brown ale to English people, they get it. Like they're like nut brown ale. Right. I mean, do, do you feel that way? Yeah, this has like a light smoky kind of uh, a hint of smoke to it, which I always like in a darker beer. Yeah, because sure. I feel like if you tell an American if you say pecan or something, they're going to mm-hmm. think pecan pie. Oh, right. But I, I, yeah, like the I, I'm glad ale. that you didn't make it that way because <laughs> English people get it, not brown yeah. ales. Absolutely, yeah, the, the nuts actually complement the malts very well. A little bit of uh, roasted malt in. Mm-hmm. Nice. And was that was that based on a classic recipe, or did you guys just put it together? Uh, it's it's been classic in uh, the British brewing tradition. Uh, it's something that's not often done in uh, in, in the United States here. The other, I would say, I mean, for Bridge and Tunnel, Richie out in uh, Queens, mm-hmm. he also makes like a hazelnut uh, brown ale. Yeah. And the connection happened the other day. I had an English customer, and when I mentioned the nuts and the ale, they said nut brown ale. So, Bruno, you're not giving out all the information. Kelso does a nut brown as well. That's very nice. So it does, it does happen. How did you go from, you know, this is also your show. It's the first time I've had you on as Iconic. You know, you were brewing with your friends. You know, how did you make that leap to opening a brewery? Uh, we've been discussing this for, for several years now. Uh, our master brewer, Sam Bosrock, went to uh, Oregon State University, and he achieved his, uh, his fermentation science degree uh, at a very young age. And so he, uh, he kind of inspired us. He said, uh, you know, let's get together and let's make this happen. Instead of working for uh, a larger brewery, let's do our own thing. Let's do it now. Uh, we saw a need for it in New York. Uh, we were growing up in Queens, and we, we wanted to be iconic. We wanted to be something larger, something to represent the whole city. And so we're, we're really happy. You know, uh, there's ups and downs as a new brewery, but we're, we're opening our tap room in the next two weeks. So we're excited to host all of you. Yeah, where, where is it exactly? Congratulations. Thank you very it? much. The, uh, the tap room is on 46th Street and 34th Avenue in uh, Astoria, Queens. Uh, it's a short 10-minute walk away from our brewery. Great. And Robert, uh, when did you first start carrying Iconic at uh, Copenhagen? Uh, I, I think uh, Josh Whitehead, uh, who preceded <laughs> me, uh, was the first person to, to keep us, uh, to keep them in, and that was like right when you guys launched, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Josh, we've got bottles in right now. 
Josh was really great to us. He, uh, I've known him since his Brower Lane days uh, as the, the register man. He was great. Uh, I always talked about you know the idea that we're starting the brewery many years before. It's great, man. Yeah, this is off to a great start. We're going to take a short minute break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. In 1996, Elknife & Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Check us out, heritageradionetwork.org. It's a special show today. We're kicking off spring with a beer label art show. And Anna V. Riley at NYC Craft Beer. How are you, buddy? I'm well, thank you. So let's keep talking. So you've got an art exhibit up at uh, Jimmy's number 43. Right. It's, um, you know, as we briefly talked about earlier, we uh, wanted to represent as many of the New York City breweries as possible because just about everybody at this stage um, who's in New York City beer has put out either at least one can or one bottle, um, and it's happening much faster than it used to. It used to take breweries about a year, and now it's taking a couple of months. And actually, you know, Jesse, his, as soon as he opened, put out his first can at Interboro. Um, and I think the diversity of labels uh, also speaks to the diversity of beer that we have here in New York City. We're so spoiled that we have so much great local beer. That's why I focus on NYC craft beer. Um, and like the labels that go with it, it's, um, you know, you almost can't know right away who the beer is because, you know, some breweries do have very distinctive styles, whereas others, you know, like uh, Grimm and Greenpoint and other half even do very, very different labels every single time. So a lot of things have changed. I mean, like I said, beginning of the show, beer labels used to be more like a graphic or, you know, had some classic mm-hmm. label. And now it's more like a kind of an old school record, you know, music label. Right. Absolutely. It, it's more um, you don't have to have a signature look. Um, I think especially in, you know, a local community like this, people know your beer. They know who you are. And it's a lot more fun to be able to play with your label and do something different each and every time. Like you, like we were talking about, like with records, like um, a band isn't going to put out an album that looks exactly like the last one, but you know maybe they do have a logo. But but yet they also kind of each labels kind of get in their own feel, right? Like each brewery has, you know, for you guys, for Daniel and, and Libby, yeah. you know, mention a couple of breweries that, that already seem to have their own style, even though they're making crazy labels. Yeah, I know with Greenpoint, um, one of the one of the brewing team's priorities is to feature local artists on the labels. And because Greenpoint has such a strong artist community, we've got like Pencil Factory, which is, you know, top to bottom filled with artists and designers. So it's a great opportunity to like work with the community and showcase artists like Mike Hambus and Paul Richards, who yeah, built the labels for Greenpoint Beer. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people love, love were the super white excited. Rabbit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, what, what's the right route? Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit Island. It's their pilsner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that ties into anyone who knows, you know, Greenpoint, you've seen his artwork literally on the sidewalk. So that's mm-hmm. a perfect tie-in. Yeah. And some of those labels are crazy. Like I said, I've got some cans at home from Greenpoint. I don't even know what they are. I just know that one of them has, like, red and orange, one's green. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Um, Josh has been using uh, a lot of the open-source NASA uh, photography, I think, for some oh, awesome. of those map labels. Mm-hmm. So cool. it's cool, too, yeah, to get the scientific. Yeah. Um, to highlight the scientific side of brewing. Absolutely. I think that that's definitely coming up, not to go on a completely different topic altogether, but yeah, like science is um, becoming better known. Like people t- are starting to understand, you know, beer just doesn't happen. You have, there's a huge science behind it. Yeah. And I, and I was looking up today, I mean, if you just Google beer label art, things come up. Thrillist did an article, you know, there's sites of people dedicated to it. I mean, there's been sites forever, like Beertography, which is just right. photos of cans, and there's like craft beer booty or something where right. a beautiful like beer. Yeah. And photos of cans. cans. Right. But, um, you know, the, the art itself is interesting. And for you, Daniel, how do you work? Because you're, you're, you're an illustrator, designer. Yeah, uh, well, uh, it, it depends on, like, Barrier, like, that's that's more my my personal illustration style. Um, but but stuff like Cousette. Do you work by hand first? Uh it depends. Like Cousette, I do completely on the computer. Um, like I, I drew a little bit, but really, like I, I just like you should see my my work files. They're so messy. Like it's just <laughs> t- tons of things over here and there. And uh, primarily graphic as opposed to illustration. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, Barrier, like I'll just I'll draw something. Uh, it's all by hand, and then I scan it in, usually piece by piece, so my originals look like they're just layer all over the place. Yeah. It, it's. <laughs> They look nice in their own way, but they don't look finished. Uh, so, um, and then I color it all in, yeah, Illustrator. So, and then Anne, you know, you've yes. been putting this show together for a long time now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we started last year for July Good Beer Month as yeah. the target to get things started. So, so what are the, some of the highlights? What, what are some of the favorite labels that you have? Up Ooh, right now? People ask me that all the time. They also ask me like, "What's my favorite beer?" And I'm like, "I don't have well, favorites." Of, of the, Sophie's choice. Of the ones that you've actually <laughs> printed, because you printed and mounted an exhibit, right. which um, are some that are you would note for us? Right. And I guess it's it's um, noting different styles rather than favorites, as we briefly touched on KCBC. Um, I was actually there for the very first canon. And one of the things we were talking about during the canon, because their first label, anybody who's seen it, it's um, it's a very graphic novel, cartoon, you know, um, cartoon book type of style. And they said this is the you know the path they want to go down. And now they've done four different, li- five different labels, I think. What what, what they did they have on it? I can't remember. It had an octopus. An octopus, right? right, right and when right. they did their collaboration with Finback, um, they gave me all kinds of grief because I didn't tell them earlier. I said you should have had you know the um, the octopus fight the whale. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like I have a kraken versus a whale. Now the next collabo they'll so do that. What yeah, about yeah, t-shirts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I love the art on the cans, but I drink the cans so fast and I crush them. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why I'm glad you, you've mounted them on the wall for me. Right, and I've had a lot of people reach out to me. Um, a few people in beer, um, not near, necessarily New York City beer, but uh, they're reps here in the city who said, you know, they collect beer label art, and it's a big deal. So that's one of the things that. Um, you know, and a lot of people are doing merch around the labeling. Like Jesse has a Mad Fat Fluid T-shirt to go with his Interbar, Mad Fat yeah. Fluid. Yes, sorry, in a bro. Yes, um, Great. yeah, and like they're, you know, the merch to go along with the labeling, I think, is definitely picking up for sure. And Bruno, uh, the next beer that we're tasting, it's nice. It's iconic. What is it? This so, is our sour cherry stout. 
Uh, we have cacao nibs that go in at the end of the boil for, for flavor, and then the sour cherry puree is added after primary fermentation. You know, it, it drinks it drinks easy. I, I, I was afraid of this Absolutely. beer. I thought it was going to be really, like, you know, strong. Or... Robert, how do you yeah. taste this beer? Uh, it's not super tart. Uh, it's not super sour. The, uh, the sour cherries come through, uh, but what you're getting mostly is a nice roast quality. Again, finishes dry. Uh, nice, light body. Delicious. Yeah, and, and you know the reason. Another reason you're here besides you're you're kind of in gra- what are you graphics marketing? Right, graphics marketing. That's my background primarily. Um, yeah, and the Instagram thing is kind of blown up as we were discussing earlier. Um, but you're and- also you're a huge. Craft beer fan. Yes, I'm, a, I'm an enormous craft beer nerd, self-proclaimed nerd. Not a geek, uh, but a nerd. <laughs> That's another topic, another show. <laughs> I'd like to know the distinction. But you go to almost every beer event. That, that... Yeah, I try to. Yeah. Um, yeah, beer week was very busy, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's fantastic. And as I was saying, you know, we're definitely so spoiled by the amount of great, great local beer. Like, you know, I don't need to necessarily find beer from other areas. Yeah, I'm happy to try it, and I'm happy to go on vacation and try it. But just locally, there's so much you can't even get around all of it. Yeah, Bruno, I'm, I'm really digging your beers, man, I'm, and I'm really happy much. with the pecan porter. <laughs> Again, I'm happy that you're embracing the English sense. If I had your uh, your high rise, yes. and now today on on tap, I put on the Resonance Ale. Tell us about that. Did you bring the Resonance Ale? Uh, unfortunately, I didn't. So bring you should it. T- you can tell us about it. Pretend we're tasting it. Uh, the Resonance guy. is our first American ale yeast IPA. Uh, it's got uh, Denali hops and lemon drop. So it has a nice uh, citrusy lemon rind uh, flavor. It's more in the West Coast style uh, of hopping, uh, not exactly the, the East Coast juiciness. Uh, we're we're experimenting with new uh, hopping techniques, and uh, we're excited. We're going to release a lot more uh, IPAs. That's great. That's where the market is headed. <laughs> we, we, we're loving uh, the can format. We want to do a can as soon as possible. Uh, I've got some wonderful artists here to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Ben. <laughs> and then when, when you're doing the, the process, I mean, we, we all kind of know about the process of getting a label, you know, whatever, accepted by the government. But just walk us through that. So you have a label design, a name for a beer. You know, what do you have to do before you can, can put that beer on the market? Uh, there are some, some uh, stringent things you can't put... Uh, Anything offensive on a label, obviously. Uh, it <laughs> has to debatable. say... That's debatable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has to say ale if it's going to travel uh, across state lines. Uh, there are certain specifications that New York State and the uh, the federal government require. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Has that come up for you, Daniel, or Libby, when you've done labels? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, th- I've had to do a few revisions because it didn't fit uh, the requirements, but... You know that that was early, early on. Uh, uh, usually, but what did you do that had to be? You know, I forget now. I I, I can't. Did you put it. a butt on the can? Or something? <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, yeah. <laughs> Years ago, there was yeah, there a big, is the, uh, there is the brown note. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, oh. the that's gross, the one I was gonna actually gross say. That is the one. Can't be gross. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That one earlier. Yeah, oh. there was another one. Um, who, who made the brown note? Brewery, and I, don't uh, I don't know. Against the grain. Yeah, against the yeah. I don't know the artist. I thought you were. It's delicious beer, but I'm never going to buy it. It took me a long time to buy it because I hated that label. Oh. Like I, I like I, I like the style and I, I like the other labels, but I, it's, oh, it's so good. You know, years ago there was there was a big action issue. Shelton Brothers had brought in a a beer from England, Ridgeway's uh, Santa's Butt. They had a series of Christmas <laughs> ales, and that was back. It was only a bottle, guys. They weren't cans, but that that was held up, and Shelton Brothers actually sued. Uh, 
sued one of the states over the label. Created a lot of issues, but eventually, eventually it was accepted. It was basically Santa bent over with a crack. <laughs> and I think the argument was that because there was Santa, that children might want to drink it. But yeah. who knows? I don't know. They get away with Mad Elf. Uh. I think, didn't founders have to change their breakfast out label? Yes. Because yes. it had it's a child on yep. it. Yep. Yeah, so I think it, yeah. it was Ohio, right? Yeah, the baby's no longer. It's now just an empty... Like baby chair. So there's your case is that countrywide? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't appeal to children, but yeah, it's not for babies, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a beer called Focal Band, Focal what? Focal Banger. Focal, Focal banger. banger can get away with it, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, have you had Focal Banger? <laughs> yeah. We do. So good. It you is like, good. What, what are some of the beers you're liking right now? Because at Copenhagen, you guys are a bottle shop as well as a bar. So you must have at least, what, 200 beers in there at a time? Uh, yeah, we have uh, 16 rotating taps and uh, two, anywhere between 200 and 250 cans and bottles at any given time. And you get to taste them all. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm liking a lot of stuff right now. I mean, we can't seem to keep the Greenpoint cans in. We're drinking one right now. Uh, uh, we're drinking the Instant Credibility. Uh, and... Uh, uh, you know, I, we can't That's seem to keep in Vanderpool green label. stuff. I... We can't keep in, you know, KCBC cans. It's barrier. It's a uh, it's a good time for cans. You know, yeah. it's a good time for cans in New York City. And uh, the label art is is exquisite, and and uh, it sort of drives uh, the narrative of the breweries. So the, the whole canning thing has kind of just made the art blow up too, right? Absolutely. Right. It's made beer yeah, more accessible I... as well. For a little while, I worked um, as a cheesemonger slash beer monger at awesome. Eastern District on Manhattan Avenue in Greenpoint, and we'd get calls like all day on a grim release, like, "Hey man, can you hold like two cases for me?" There's no one, limit one per customer. We have a one chalk per customer, sign on, and they'd on be the gone wall. in a day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, and I've heard within people hours. following the union truck around town with a suitcase. For, oh, he does it with a suitcase. It's crazy. <laughs> and the beer is excellent. And good for them. Good for them. Because Joe and Lauren couldn't be nicer people. Their beautiful designs yeah. have a lot to do with it too. Yeah. Design's important though. So, for, like you mentioned, Grim. Let's go through these other breweries. Right. So, who does the? Let's talk about the artists, if you know. Who does the Grim art? That I, d- I think I, Lauren does. Yeah, doesn't Lauren she? Grimm. She's yeah, Lauren Grim. Yes, I know they went to RISD. So there's there's some interesting people. There's actually a number of people in the beer community with their own design background. And I found that out, you know, <laughs> getting to know this community and they find out what I do. They're like, oh, that's what I used to do. For instance, Rob from Transmitter, he was an art director. I worked on him before. Yeah. <laughs> Zach Kinney worked there mm-hmm. too. Um, from KCBC. From KCBC. Yeah. And um, for instance, <laughs> Finback. Both Basil and Kevin do the designs for Finback's cans and they are like beautifully graphically designed cans. Um, and Kate from Third Rail, she's designed a few of their cans. It's it's interesting to get to know. And um, Radiant Pig, they've also designed their own labels. It's you know great to know that you know you can move from one <laughs> one creative into a different creative. <laughs> no, that's, I guess that's why you need cans to keep making the cans. Exactly. <laughs> and then other other uh, local labels that you have in the exhibit, you've got what Bronx Brewery. Yes, we have Bronx. We have Gun Hill. We have um, I know I should I should have gone through the list. They're all on my Instagram. Anybody wants to go check it out? Like I literally did a preview each and every time. Um, we tried to cover as many as possible. There's yeah, still more we need to get in there. Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. Um, we. Uh, Put that one up literally just before last year's Defender was announced. Uh, Kari Randolph does a new Defender for Brooklyn every single year. This year it happened to be a woman, which that's super awesome. Um, We have Kelso, although they're on the precipice of redesign when they reopen um, in a new space. Um, Who else do we have? We have um, Meg Green. She does Chelsea's. 
Yep. Um, there's so many that we have. <laughs> Just off the top of my head, like I said, we have KCBC, we have Interborough. Um, the yeah, orchestra is about to start. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. You did a great job. So, Thank did you. you actually like? You contacted each artist, and they sent you original. Um, I art? contacted uh, people I knew at each brewery and asked them. You know, um, I basically explained what I was doing and said, "I'm. I'll do all the heavy lifting. You can either put me directly in touch with your direct, your art director, designer." Or send me the files that you've sent to your printer, and we'll go from there. And everybody was very helpful and very accommodating. And you know, what else do you need? Do you want more? Do you want you know on our logo? What files? They were super helpful. All right, guys. Cheers to everybody. <laughs> so Cheers. Uh, this is the green point. Robert, tell us about the beer. So it's instant credibility. Yeah, it's a double IPA. Uh, Libby did the design for it. Uh, I believe she said they are Simcoe, Simcoe. Mosaic, Mosaic, and Galaxy Hops. And Galaxy Hops. <laughs> uh, super light, Pilsner malt probably, uh, and probably a little bit of Vienna, if I know Eric. Uh, we brewed with him uh, last week for our third anniversary, which is coming up on this Friday. Uh, we did a double IPA with him, because why would we not if March, you're tasting what, this? March 24th? Yeah, March 24th, this coming Friday. At Covenhoven. Uh, at Covenhoven, yeah, at 730 Classen Avenue. Uh, we did a number of collaborations, actually. Uh, we did a collaboration with Keg and Lantern, uh, kind of a weird beer. I emailed, uh, <laughs> I emailed Jeff Lyons, and I was like, hey, can we do a collaboration? He was like, as long as it's weird. <laughs> and so we did a uh, sour golden ale with uh, mustard seed, completely unhopped, so technically it's a gruit. Oh. Um, we did a Scottish ale, like a 60 shilling with um, uh, strong rope. And uh, we also did a red wine barrel aged Saison with transmitter. Wow. Well, you know, I'm still, for me, the can thing is still kind of new. I'm so used to getting drafts and, and kegs, so there really wasn't a lot of beer art, you know, for, for my era. Again, I've been looking online at different people. Yeah, some keg the, caps don't quite, keg collars yeah. aren't exactly uh, <laughs> well designed. But, but some of the, when I was trying to pull out of you guys, I guess you guys didn't really know, but there were, there are some classic beer label art before cans, before you guys. Yes. Like uh, Anchor Brewing, for example, their Christmas Beautiful. sale. Yeah. This guy, uh, Tom, what's his name? Jim Stitt. We're going back to 1974, every year, the Anchor Christmas Ale, he's drawn a different tree they're all for the label, beautiful. all handmade. Are there any other, think of like you know, Jolly Pumpkin, you mentioned you know, Flying Dog. Think of some other breweries that have been doing art on the labels for a long time. Sierra Nevada? I was going to say I, that. I was too. actually going to say Sierra Nevada, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I never think of that as art. I mean, so... I, I, I don't really even look that closely at that. Still the making kick ass beer. <laughs> but why, why, why do you say Sierra Nevada was art? It's just the, the labels? It's a timeless design. Evocative. Associated with, with mm-hmm. the beer. The, uh, the pale ale is wonderful, and it still persists to this day. Yeah, it does. Um, there is actual artwork on mm-hmm. the label. Yeah, it's not just like a logo or yeah. But yeah, it, I guess it does kind of become not, I don't want to use the word innocuous because that's not quite there. But yeah, like you see it, but. I guess it's it's embedded in your brain. So. Mm-hmm. And then in Belgium, like Cantillons had some really interesting labels. I don't know if you guys have seen right, those. Right, yeah. Yep, the Cantillon figure that everyone knows. And, yeah, then they do various labels. And they, we can get into packaging, too. They do the baskets and that kind of thing, which that's pretty cool. Yeah. But there is something also cool about just, like, I mean, I'm not going to say that I, I love Heineken beer. But there is something nice about just the simplicity, the graphic simplicity of, like, the Heineken Yeah, where they brand. update it very slightly. Like, even Guinness does that, too. Yeah. Where, like, Yingling, yeah. Yingling just recently Ooh, did mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I, I was just reading an article online that Yingling has just recently redesigned their packaging to make it simpler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they Bo- re-released too. some of those classic Guinness labels. Did anyone else see, like, the turtle? Yeah, oh and, like, the God. toucan. and so exactly. Like that, that's a great way for them to, you know, like, I guess have a, a boost mm-hmm. in this 
can jam of a market. I mean, it, it, it is tough. I mean, we're talking about two things. We're talking about, oh, the innovative local market where you're going to get that cool can with art splashed on it mm-hmm. versus I'm going into a package store or grocery store and I'm going to see that label that I know and grab it. Right. You know, so what, what about that? How does that play into selling beer? Anybody want to jump on that, Robert? <laughs> yeah. no, I don't. I, I don't want. I don't want to jump onto that one, Jimmy. <laughs> I was just about to open this cool beer. Uh, speaking of labels, uh, Kent Falls. We did one. Uh, I know you guys opened a Kent Falls last week on the program, uh, but this one I really love because this is their Hawaiian brunch, and it is a uh, it, it is a uh, beer that has a, it's an IPA that has a hibiscus and pineapple in it. Great. We're going to taste that, take a short break, be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. So we got Robert Sherell Moss here from Copenhagen, and he's popping us some Kent Falls. Yeah, it's the, this is the Hawaiian brunch. Uh, it is... Uh I, we just had this on draft, and uh, it, it, I, I can best describe it, and, and, and if Derek's listening, I mean this in the best possible way. It tastes like a Kool-Aid IPA. Um, it's got the, the, uh, that fresh pineapple in it. It's got hibiscus in it, uh, and it just all kind of comes through and sings and shines together. Even wow. the label looks a little bit like the Kool-Aid man. Exactly, and that's actually why I got the bottles, because this, this is one instance where I did see the label before uh, I purchased the, uh, the beer, but knowing the, the, the quality of, of Jeff, uh, no, I'm sorry, of Derek's uh, brewing, I decided to pick it up. It's pretty great. What do you guys, Bruno, what do you think of this? Because you're, you're making different we styles of do, beer. Uh, we also do hibiscus, and we make a hibiscus saison. Uh, it's called Hip Hop. Uh, it's hibiscus, rose hip, lemongrass, and sriracha hops. Yeah, uh, this is very reminiscent. It's got a nice juiciness. Definitely tastes like a Kool Aid. <laughs> really, really as, you, as you guys, <laughs> when you open iconic, you know, were you first doing test batches? How did you guys decide? We were which doing test batches for for over a year, so all of our recipes went through at least five or six revisions. Uh, we're very meticulous with with the beers that we release. We want to make sure it's the best possible product, uh, especially as a new brewery. I feel like you're judged on everything that you put out there, and so. Uh, we're excited for the tap room. We're excited that people get to come and taste uh, all of our newest creations. You know, uh, what's that, the address of the tap room again? It's forty-five thirteen, thirty-fourth Avenue, uh, in Astoria, Queens. It's one block south of the Forty-sixth Street subway station. So it was out there. Awesome. You know, one thing I love about you—you you literally about a month ago you, you came in, into Jimmy's number forty-three, and I happened to be behind the bar. And I caught you on a good day there. You did, but you also started talking to me, yeah. and um, you know, I don't, I don't ever attempt to say that I know everything because I don't. I don't know most of the new breweries and I, and I, and I hope, to, hopefully I will one day, but uh, I hadn't heard of you guys and very quickly it went to, to setting me up with an account and, and you know, I've got some of your beers. So you know, that's an important part of your job too is you're, you're really out there uh, meeting Oh yeah, people. I got a backpack full of beer. I ride around the bike and uh, try and sell as many beers as possible. 
Good job. <laughs> I'm glad I met you. And then you, you, you've come out and supported a lot of things, so we're glad to have you on the show. Um, again, so this is the Ken Falls is Hawaiian Punch. A Hawaiian brunch. Brunch, punch. Yeah. The label right. is awesome. Yeah. What else? Let's, let's pop another beer and talk about it. So, so, you know, Danny, with you working with the Barrier guys, um, like I remember I also knew them as a draft only, you know, brewery. Yeah. And then they started making some, great, some special great, bottlings. Great beer, yeah. Are they doing cans too? Yeah, uh, uh, just a few months ago they, they started canning. Uh, they, they started with money uh, and. Oh, what did we come out yeah. with? There was the Japanese style oh, label. Oh uh, well, that that was a bottle. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Oren Rishi, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, well, since then you've done Daddy Warbucks. Yep, uh, Daddy Warbucks uh, has come Hop back. Dam, yep, uh, Hop Money Dam. just recently came back in. Yep. Yeah, uh, that, that was hills one. Have eyes, one hills, hills have eyes. Hills have eyes. I had a yeah. can yeah, of that last coming back. Yeah, yeah. And there was one for DeCisco. The um, that's a bottle, though, right? The, uh, the the stout that you did with um, the Cisco brothers. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, crowning achievement. Yes, yeah, that, that's yeah. a bottle. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I actually uh, still have one in my uh, fridge. But a lot of the cans, like you, um, you did the can that was the collabo with other half recently. The yep. don't sweat the I, I, I have that one here. Uh, actually, cool. let's 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 let me get that. We'll talk about that. We drinking. What's the next beer we're drinking? I don't even know what this one is. I just popped a grim after image. So this is another different label. It's, I hope someone's taking photos of these labels because it's kind of like sexy people stretching and silhouettes. And, Looks like uh, they're dancing like a rave. <laughs> if, yeah. if you saw that can, would you think that's Grim, Robert? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So they do have, you do yeah. have kind of styles Grimm's based amazing. on breweries. Grimm like with Iconic, great. I know, because Iconic, you have your logo. It says Iconic. And that, that helps me as a buyer. I'm honestly saying that I love these. But when I went to Josh Bernstein's Can Jam last month. And I really, if you handed me one can or the other, like I said with some of the Greenpoint, I, I don't know what the name of the, of the beer is. I know that I like it. But is, is that an issue? Is it, is it too confusing? You know, this is like some psychedelic rock rock poster. I mean, am I supposed to know that, that this brewery is grim from this can or this brewery is Greenpoint? Well, well I mean, I think it goes to what, what Ann was saying earlier is that, you know, each label can be different because not every not every band has the same style of of, art, of label art. Yeah, but I think yeah, you just have to make sure that there's a, a consistency throughout the cans. In the case of Greenpoint, the logo is always there; it's always in the same position. Granted, it isn't always easy to discern the name of the beer, but um, I feel like every designer or illustrator that I know likes to make things like a little bit of a puzzle for you to look at you know draw you in and then you'll find what you're looking for so in terms like art art in like music or advertising that's kind of far out what what do you think um people are going towards like give me an example of of a art project or something that that you think would be similar to what would be on a beer label or could be um, or artists out there that should be doing beer labels. Oh wow, that's a tough one. <laughs> and as you know, Libby was saying, I really like the fact that Greenpoint is focusing on using New York City artists. And a lot of the breweries that I worked with do use New York City artists. And you know, it's fine if you don't. But there's such a community here. Why not take advantage of it? And um, you know, as we were discussing Instagram earlier, that's a fantastic resource to find illustrators on. Um, and you know, I think you can only hashtag <laughs> <laughs> find illustrators. Now I'm gonna have to put that I, one. Up. I found someone. Actually, there's a woman at Sidewalk Signals, mm-hmm. Leb. She did a couple little posters for Bridge and Tunnel, and uh, I yeah. saw that. And then she's doing a couple posters for Jimmy's on 43 for mm-hmm. fun. Absolutely. You know, it's like all kind of barter and 
Right. You know, it's, it, it is. I think Instagram is the way to find people, right? Hashtag sure. don't be afraid to hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> Dana, what about you? I mean, it's like, I wonder, you guys are like, you're a professional designer, so, you know, there's competition. But mm-hmm. are there some other artists out there that, that you, like, you would ask to do a, a label that, that, that aren't really doing labels? Uh, I, I, uh, what are you asking? I mean, is there like, like an artist? That, like, a, like an artist? An artist like, that you would you like that you would want to ask? Oh, yeah. To a uh, I, I actually um, I have a very close friend, uh, Matt Cohen, who does beautiful uh, work. He's had a few shows in, in uh, Greenpoint Gallery. And uh, if he did a beer label, that would, it would be awesome. Like, <laughs> he, he does really cool stuff. Yeah. And one thing that's cool that the process when you see canning sometimes it's like they've got the cans and it's just the silver sleeve. Right. What if someone just came and like spray painted them all or something? Ooh. I know. I mean, Ooh, then it would be a special release and every can would be different and the beer geeks would lose their like minds. Like the Banksy thing or something. <laughs> that would be very Banksy, cool. Yeah. Well, the, the, well, there was a the project does yeah. have that does yep. have that sort of graffiti branding. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the that's their whole thing. Like child style is a style of graffiti. Like and that's the name of one of their pale ales. Uh, right. And so that's that's uh, that's all. That's already incorporated into a design uh, and, and I, I was going to say that there's another brand I don't know uh, what it is but they, they paint their bottles and then they slap their labels on I forget Black what Barrel Bla- Black that's Barrel it. Yeah, yeah that's it yeah, I, ju- I just bought a case of it this week. <laughs> <laughs> Robert you remember a few years ago Prairie Artisan out of what yeah, out of Tulsa that's my hometown brewery and out of Tulsa like Oklahoma what? he's been like gluing feathers onto the yep. bottles and things <laughs> and they, don't, they don't really do that anymore no yeah, more. not anymore I mean they've gotten oh, too large yeah. he looks heartbroken no he's like wow <laughs> Gluing things to bottles. But, you know, you could go further with it, but, you know, this is a, a great... I don't know if I have anything more to say about art, but um, I, I would say more that let's, let's, let's drink the next beer and talk about collaborations, because this one looks pretty good, too. So wh- which one's this one, Daniel? This is uh, Don't Sweat the Technique. Um, oh, it's the IPA so brewed, brewed with other half. Um, uh, a, a barrier. It's the barrier uh, version, and uh, did you do this label? I sure did, and uh, we. we it, it, it was based on the the Rakim and Crispy uh, 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 song. Uh, but I, I drew them, and I was like, "This isn't working." Uh, and I, I went with colors like that, that. That's where the inspiration came from. I went with Yo MTV Raps and the the new Flaming Lips album, and I put those two together, and I. I then I did a mixtape, and that that, yeah. that was it. <laughs> that you can tell it looks it's like cute. an old school cassette. It's yeah. fantastic, and I like it. It's got a lot of pink. So just on some it. things yeah. I, I looked at today. <laughs> if you just go ahead and just Google beer label art. I found, um, you know, there was a Thrillist article on this guy Craig Gunderson. There's a site called ThirstyBastards.com, and they had the best beer labels of 2016. And I guess they yes. did. Have you seen that before? Yeah, we were talking about that. That um, I know Newberg. Um, a little further upstate, they won one of the, um, they were probably in the top 10 last year. And they, you know, when you talk about very different beer labels, all their labels are very different colors, but it's a very distinct style. Mm-hmm. There'll be a different character and different wording, but you know that that's a Newberg label. So, so what I'm getting to is I, when I noticed when I read his article that, you know, the, the breweries that pop up like Wicked Weed or Burial Beer, which to a lot of people are really collectible, or the stuff you're seeing on Instagram, mm-hmm. people are showcasing these type of labels. Is it that the better, you know, more experimental breweries are also making better, you know, can art? We're using experimental artists and having, yeah, burial, exactly. Like, theirs does have a theme. They all all seem to have a skull at one point in the label, <laughs> and they do use the same artist. And, yeah, that's a theme, too, like using the exact, you know, Daniel they, they does all barrier. They, are, they, are all, all, they all are very similar looking. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, I put the agree wrong on something. They I, put the wrong, I put the wrong one in the wrong row at one point. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're very similar looking, but That's they what all I meant. are it's like, it's a, Which one's this? But um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure Robert can attest to this. Um, I was recently in you know a beer shop last weekend with a friend of mine who's not really a beer nerd at all, like barely drinks beer, and watching her walk down the aisle and, and see what caught her eye and having her ask me and knowing what styles of beer she does and doesn't drink. Like, for instance, Daisy Cutter. She was like, oh, I love that. I'm like, you like the label. I know you don't like that style of beer. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure you get that. Daisies. Working in a bottle shop, people might pick something based on what it looks like. Oh, absolutely. That happens all the time. I mean, somebody will be like, oh, well, I don't like that label. I'm like, well, you've made a huge mistake because <laughs> the liquid is fantastic. <laughs> it's also like that in wine, though, too, and a lot of other products. Sometimes you'll buy by the because you're in a wine store. There's all these Rhone wines or South of France wines. Right. You're probably going to buy price, but also label. Yeah, yeah. You're standing in the reds from Chile, and you're like, well, maybe I don't know that much. And you're looking at you know the ratings or whatever, and then yeah, a label is going to for sure catch your eye. Yeah, I feel like I can't close this conversation without mentioning Mickler because also like mm-hmm. a big seller. Their labels are so distinctive yeah, and they're so striking. graphically oriented and cool and they're at. Absolutely. Yeah. And people will spend $8 on a tiny 12-ounce bottle of that. No <laughs> right. problem. To have the label. And Libby, very... you know, I've known you a long time. I look to you as an illustrator. So what, what are some other industries or products that, that you buy where the, the label might influence your purchase? Um, that's a really good question. Actually, I don't feel like I buy enough stuff. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I like from... bulk food. I actually like buying things in blank packages. <laughs> but I awesome. enjoy going to the grocery store and looking mm-hmm. at things. Yeah, I, I come from a packaging background, actually, and that's something that, that, sends, that tends to be super trendy, whereas I'm not noticing that in beer labeling. Um, like, for instance, a few years ago, if your label was not, especially in beauty packaging, that oh, turns crazily fast. Yeah. Like, you know, a beauty package that was out last year, if you decide you want that same sunscreen next year, don't look for the package, look for the brand. Generally speaking, I don't gravitate towards austere. I like <laughs> things that are weird and funny. Mm-hmm. Right, so, right, and I think it's yeah. weird and funny. I might buy it, and what that tends to be a, you know the more of the trend in mm-hmm. consumer packaging at the moment. Because austere, I think it went too far afield, where it was like this is the name of it, that's it. It has a stripe, mm-hmm. super basic, and that that was great for the time. But you know, like anything, it runs a cycle. Best labels of beer at your shop, Copenhagen. Uh, currently, right Things now, that stand out for you. Oh gosh, um, I, I really like the Greenpoint art. I've, uh, yeah, the, I mean, Greenpoint yeah. art is great. Uh, uh, the Grim art is great. The Barrier art is great, and I'm not just saying this because you guys are here. Um, <laughs> I'll, get a, I'll get a refill of the, the of KCBC the art is great. Um, I can put my gun uh, away. The Kent Falls art is great. Uh, I would be remiss to say, though, uh, for our anniversary party, which I don't want to bring up again, but uh, for our anniversary party, uh, the beer that we did do with Greenpoint was also a collaboration with our good buddies over at Bitter and Esters. Woo! Yay! Great homebrew shop. Thank Absolutely. you, Robert. And let's do a quick wraparound. I know it's a, this is, this is, we explored some new territory. All of us have been out there listening you know, to what people say and, and tasting beers. And, and I love the cans, and I, I love the, the art component. And, and again, thank you for putting together Happy know, to do this it. exhibit. We're going to go there now to Jimmy's Number 43 after the show. And uh, and a bunch party. of the artists are going to be there. And pull, pull some. So just mention a few of the other artists and some of the breweries. Right. Uh, Meg Green, uh, she is Chelsea. And um, we've reached out to a bunch of the other artists in the community and hoping they are going to be there. I don't want to make any guarantees. So People may, might, might not be able Big Alice's artist is Yeah, Jay Varney. Jay. He's actually on vacation in Asia right now, unfortunately, and he can't join us. Um, Christy Borg, who has 
has worked with KCBC, um, and their graphic artist is Earl. Um, he's funny bone stuff on Instagram. Um, he may or not may not be able to be there, but Christy will for sure be there. She's done labeling for uh, KCBC, um, and there will be a number of other people in attendance. Looking forward to it. And Anne, you've kind of made a name for yourself on social media. I first met you on Twitter because <laughs> you were knocking the prices of beer at Jimmy's number four. That was a while back. <laughs> <laughs> and now the prices seem reasonable. But, um, and you switched over to doing just a straight up, tell us how you, why you switched from just doing your social media handle mm-hmm. to a beer social media handle. Um, it, it Legitimately, I um, my friends got tired of hearing my complaints about um, riding public transit. That's how that quiet car got started, and that's how Jimmy and I met each other. And the quiet car started to be a little too much about beer, so then I started yet another one, the NYC Craft Beer on Twitter. Um, and similar thing happened with my Instagram, where my friends, you know, they're like, I thought you were all about libraries and museums and, mm-hmm. you know, New York history. What's with the beer stuff? So I spun off <laughs> and did NYC Craft Beer as an Instagram account. It's probably about less than a year and a half that I've been it's doing almost it. 4,000 followers. Yeah, cl- coming up on 4,000. And you had a great anecdote about that. So you were at Beer Street recently with some top brewers, <laughs> and you actually have fans. There's people that follow That's your Instagram so funny. Account. During Beer Week, I had a number of people come up to me and say, you're NYC Craft Beer, aren't you? And yes, and I, anyone who follows me knows I very rarely post pictures of myself because it's not about me. It's about New York City beer. And any picture of me, I am with New York City beer people. <laughs> so tell us the Beer Street night. Oh, who are you I with? I can't believe you're going to make me tell the story. I told it to you on the side. So I was at Beer Street the, sun, the first Sunday of Beer Week, hanging out with legitimate, fantastic brewers like Dan Suarez and you know Matt Levy and you know Cat Martinez. Skills, there were six brewers walking up. out with me. There were three ahead of me and three behind me. And this 21-year-old kid at the bar stops me. He's like, are you MIC Craft Beer? Your Instagram is the reason I moved to New York City. Oh, my God. I was like, Sick. what? Exactly. I'm like, did you see who walked out ahead of me? Do you see you standing behind me? <laughs> That's These incredible. are the people you need to talk to, not my fridge shots. And then, Daniel, as you know, you're you're an artist. Does that ever happen to you? Because you've done Man, the cool I labels. wish. That would just be amazing. <laughs> Put yourself on a label. But, you know, you also do, don't, you, you also do all the labels for you do a lot of Jimmy's number 43 stuff. Yep, but yep. For Patrick Donaher, so like yep. Fool's Gold, Jeffrey. Yep. You did the fourth. I, I'm actually in the process of doing the the uh, AOF Brewery logo right now, uh, which I think they're uh, they're coming out with beer in the spring. Yay! Another uh, New York City brewery. Yeah, and uh, th- their brewer is awesome. I wish I could tell you who it is, but <laughs> uh, which direction are you going in though, artistically? Um, well, uh, you, you'll just have to see. <laughs> oh, to be revealed. All right, and then Libby, uh, and again, cans. Labels at Greenpoint Beer Works, beer and ales, excuse me. Yeah, hopefully I'll be doing more of them. We always have ideas, lots and lots of ideas. So my notes is chock full of ideas. <laughs> um, but, you know, I would love to work with more female brewers. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. All right. And then, Bruno, um, just tell us the, the newest beer you have coming out or anything else we should know about Iconic. We have a brand new uh, Dry Hop Saison coming out this week, uh, Saison Bravo. Uh, dry hop the Bravo hops, six point two percent. It's wonderfully light and refreshing for the uh, the coming spring. Awesome. Great man! And when's your tasting room opening? Uh, opening in a few weeks. Iconic, great. Yes. And Robert again, Covenhoven in Brooklyn. Yes, our third birthday party, uh, which is called Dinosaurs in Space, uh, <laughs> is happening on March 24th at 7pm. We did uh, collaborations with Greenpoint Beer and Ales and Bitter and Esters. Uh, we also did uh, collaborations with Strong Rope, Keg and Lantern, 
And, um, oh my God, why am I going blank? Because <laughs> you do so it's much. It's too much Robert. beer. It's too awesome. much beer. Uh, I would also like to add uh, that uh, uh, one of the label designs that I really love is Threes. Threes makes really oh, yeah. great really. label designs. Good job, Threes. does their designs. They're a local New York City design company. And yeah, like that's one of the great things. Threes, you know a Threes label. Threes, Interboro, a lot of the pills are lit. Pilsner label is one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. of, of uh, I, I hate myself with the balloon with the eye in it, with the pen prick about just about to prick it. It's great. Yeah, chronic well, myopia. Yeah, I hate myself. Andrew Riley, thank you so much for helping put the show together. Thank you, and Jimmy. Bringing the art for uh, many Wall many phone. months. Go to Jimmy's number forty three. You can see the, the, the beer label art up there. You're going to walk the wood in. sign. Uh, you're going to walk in. And you're going to say, "Where's the art?" Well, it's going to be everywhere. It's all over. And um, what's coming up for us? Uh, just you know, us as a group, as Beer Sessions Radio, uh, Brisket King of NYC is April nineteenth. Uh, check out and support us, Brisket King NYC. There's be a lot more information about it. Uh, 25 great chefs and some really top judges coming in from Texas and other places. And there's going to be spirits and beer inside and everything. So i got to put that plug in, brisketkingnyc.com, and help support us. So thanks again, guys. And th- thanks to our sponsors at Union Beer Distributors who helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Thanks again. Everybody say their name quickly. Hey. Libby. Dan. Bruno. And Riley. Robert. And Robert, some of my favorite people in the beer world in New York City. And big shout out to our producer, Justin Kennedy. I'm Jimmy Carboni, our intern assistant producer, Hillary Fazen, and our engineer, David Tadishore. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Woo! for listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.